When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls all over the world, international and intergalactic. This is the one and only Game Dev Unchained podcast. I am your host, Mr. Larry Charles. And I bought my best friend. Oh, my best friend. I bought, I brought my, I brought my best friend, <laughs> Mr. Brandon. <laughs> hey, what's up, everybody? This is Brandon Fell. Welcome to this week's episode. Please welcome also our special guest this week, Caton Callaway. From the Gulf Empire. <laughs> what's up, Caden? Yes, what's up, guys? Wish I was from the Gulf Empire. <laughs> How's but it going, man? Pretty good. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being a part of the show. Uh, we really appreciate it. And I just want to let you know that you're not special. You have to go through the same gauntlet as every other guest. And the first thing that we always do is we have the guests walk us through their resume and tell us and tell the audience why they're so cool in the game industry. Why I'm so cool. <laughs> yeah, why are you so cool? I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, resume, I guess. I, I've worked now in games for two thirds. What, what year is it? 2016. So 2016. since like. You may as well say oh, 17, man. though. So like 12 years, 12, 13, almost 13 years, I guess. Um, nice. Yeah, I started out a small studio called Genuine Games working on Fight Club. Or not Fight Club. Sorry, Fight Club. They were working on. I came on for 50 Cent Bulletproof. Okay. Oh. A classic. Nice. A classic for different reasons than most <laughs> would hope for. Um, yep. Yeah. And then I worked at Activision for a while on True Crime series and then Spider Man 3. Um, so at Lux of Flux and Activate or Treyarch. And then after that, I moved over to Sony Santa Monica where I was on God of War 3 and God of War Ascension. And so I was there for like seven and a half years. Mm-hmm. And that's where most people, if at all, know me from is just the God of War series. Uh, making characters and then after that i was at dice la for a bit and now i'm at section studios art directing over there art directing nice uh i just want to let you know i own blood in the sand by the way i don't own bulletproof so Mm, (laughs) bulletproof was the originator yes it's actually it's actually pretty fun yeah i gave us all a shit ton of copies man yeah yeah it really did uh, it's kind of funny. I saw it on a list. I don't know if it's the right list to be a part of, but it was definitely a top 10 and it was one of the best selling worst video games. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was like, that actually works. So, <laughs> you know, you don't always have to be the best game to sell. It's, I'll just take the first half. If you're on any best selling list, you did something right. That's what we get yeah. there. Seriously. Yeah, I remember playing True Crime too. True Crime was one of my favorite open world games. <laughs> True Crime had a, uh, didn't that have an Asian like lead character? It was like GTA, but yeah, Asian like, main character. It. Yeah, that's what I was gonna oh, say. Congratulations, Brendan. I was playing myself. <laughs> You do know the Asians are underrepresented in the game industry. <laughs> That's not true. Final, no, you guys Final just Fantasy got a big 15 game. just came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was about to say. Just came out. That's We're true. Good. That's true. So, oh, well. yeah, Kitten, 
this mm-hmm. week's topic, we will we might tangent off a bit, but we've always touched upon this one, uh, Larry and I, about you know what it's like working at a big company, what it's like working at a small company, the differences, mm-hmm. how fun it is, how fun it isn't. So mm-hmm. going into that, let's go all the way back to the beginning of your career. <laughs> so sure. <laughs> working at a smaller company, that's how you started off, right? How was that experience? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, actually, my you could say my first gig was actually when I was an intern at a really small company. Well, even smaller. Um, that's where I actually met Yuri. You guys know Yuri? Yes. Um, yeah. That was back when I was like 18. And uh, it was like five people. It was a small animation studio doing straight to, straight to DVD kid shorts. And that was, that was cool because... Uh, I mean, that's very different. I didn't know anything. I was just learning a lot then. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the first studio, I proper studio I worked at was Genuine Games. And it was, I mean, it wasn't tiny. I don't know if I'd say it was small. I, looking back on it, there's probably a good 50 people at least working on that game. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, I would think. I, I, I can't, I don't know exactly. Um, but then I went into like True Crime, which was a pretty big game, you know, and Spider-Man was a lot of people too. So for the most part, I've been at, I'd say, mid to big size studios. Mm-hmm up until now, yeah. which is much smaller than that stuff. Um, but I guess the question is what, what is it like at the big studio, the pros and cons of that stuff? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, the, the, the pro, there's a lot of pros, um, to those studios. One is you get to work on big projects. It, it can be really fun to say you work on a certain series. You know, we laugh about 50 cent bulletproof, but you know, like when at the time, if you said you're working on a 50 cent game, it yeah. was like, wow, Boom. cool. You know, that's like a yeah. cool project, right? And in the true crime series, a lot of people know that one, at least at the time they did. So that, I mean, there's, it's a lot of fun to work on, I think, a series that people rec- recognize. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something nice about that, you know, just to be like, especially, especially when it's at Sony. Mm-hmm. I'm working on God of War and, and just when people are like, oh, you're working video games at nice. Who do you work for? Oh, I work, you know, for a small company named Sony. And they're like, oh, even even people who know nothing about video games, the Sony thing, they'd be like, oh, okay, I know TVs and you know that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, so <laughs> even if at work you don't have the most notoriety, at least when people talk to you, you know, they're like, they can they can understand that, which is which is fun. Um, but that stuff comes and goes, really. Yeah. You know, before you know it, you're not on those big games anymore. So what do you have left? Um, but also the big studios, one thing I like, especially when you get it at a good one, uh, you work with some really talented people. Yeah. So they really attract the top talent, the best studios do. And so with that, you work with awesome guys. Um, so you can learn a lot, you know, from them, you might be like smaller at the, in a, like a big pond type of thing, but your potential for knowledge, there's a lot of knowledge at those studios. So you can really soak up a lot. Mm-hmm. which I have always liked. I, I, I've liked all the studios I've worked at. There's always somebody who I'm like learning something from, you know? Um, so I like that a lot, you know, and all like, there's typically like someone who's pro at their craft at a big studio. There's like a lot of little crafts. Um, whereas the small studio, it's, you know, in, like you would expect fewer people that have to cover a lot, much larger, ba- larger base. Um, so we all have to kind of pick up the pieces in different ways than normally. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the big studio is nice for that stuff, but the negative, I mean, I don't, it's really just pros and cons. I don't even know if I'd say it's a negative. You just are less creatively involved typically. Yeah. Um, depending on your role, you know, typically you are a part of a system making a big product. 
which is cool, but you don't necessarily have as much say. It's mainly learning to have your influence within your your discipline, mm-hmm. which I think can be a good thing um, because you learn to just do your craft really well. I actually really like that about big studios is you learn a very specific craft very well. And if you just concentrate on that, you can do really well if you aren't so worried about anything else, um, which would be cool. But also, um, it can be frustrating when, you know, not that you know what is right always or wrong, but, you know, from the top down, you get told to do things and you're, it can be frustrating, especially when you're working overtime or something. And you're like, man, I had nothing to do with this, <laughs> but here I am. That's probably the more frustrating part, you know? Yeah, just getting someone else's leftovers. Yeah, leftover or whatever the reason is, you know, it's always like, or it's just like the 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 publisher or the the top outside the studio says this game just has to come out this yeah. time, and you're like, ah, all right, let's go. Yeah, yeah one of the most I find that's pretty much every game. Yeah, one of the most frustrating things is I, I have a very uh, certain way, and I'm sure most artists do have a certain way of working, and whenever it, it's, it's frustrating and it's it's annoying when uh, you get a hold of someone else's workspace and you have to <laughs> try to organize everything. I mean, oh, the perfect yeah. meme yeah. is when, uh, what, when Eddie, Eddie Murphy, Murphy. Yeah, yeah, with the d- daddy daycare and he walks into the restroom and it's like shit everywhere. <laughs> and he just does that look yeah. around the room. So it's not like yeah. anyone is wrong or anything. It's just that, you know, when you're, some people are, yeah, some people are, <laughs> but at the same time, you're going to have to swap files a lot of the time yeah, totally. to make the machine yeah. work. Especially as an environment artist, I'd imagine more so than character yeah. character. We live in like a little bubble, I think sometimes in the game world, it's not, I, I feel like characters is a little different than other disciplines. Yeah. Or like, you know, it's they're kind of one-offs. Yeah, and in my experience, and I'm not even an artist uh, professionally, but I've seen character artists kind of hold their assets a lot longer, as in like they go start to finish on the model. Yep. And yeah. environment artists may do pieces, parts, or someone else will come through and do, you know, a pass after you've let it go for a while. Mm-hmm. Right or wrong. Yeah, you'll, I, I find that it can be, I find that characters, typically people do it more from beginning to end. Traditionally, not all studios, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas environment artists share more and do other things. Yeah. So I want to ask you this. As far as you go as being an artist, and you said that there's a lot of growth opportunity if you're at a big studio. Mm-hmm. What if you're an artist who's at a small studio and is looking for growth opportunities? Do you have any, like, quick advice or quick, like, yeah, well, if you're at a small yeah. studio, here are some ways that you can still benefit off of learning. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, there's, I, I find anywhere I've worked, there's typically someone I can learn from something. If not, then you probably should check yourself. Cause <laughs> even if it's not like, I don't know, even if it's not specifically what you thought, I find that working together on a team, there's always something to learn, which I think is, is valuable to know how to work with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and just be a team player and how to like give what you can to the project. I think it's really important and knowing your place. Um, so you can always learn that kind of stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as like practical, like art skills, even if maybe you're the only artist at your studio, especially now day and age, there's like so many ways to, um, get educated, like by taking online courses, mm-hmm. just downloading like people's, you know, things to learn from. Also just going to your local school, like for art, like for figure drawing, like traditional stuff. I can't stress enough. And I know a lot of people will say that. Just going and drawing, 
figure drawing, learning from people outside of games, um, things like that, you know, taking a sculpting class. Like when I was at Sony, when I, when I moved out here, pretty much up until having a kid, I would say I took classes outside of work. Not because I, well, I mean, I always felt like I needed to grow, but because I just wanted to grow as an artist, I would take sculpting classes, drawing classes, took a couple of painting classes. And this isn't nonstop. I don't want to make it sound like all I ever did was learn outside of work. It's not true. I had life outside of work, which I think is important. But I found um, ways for me to grow. Mm-hmm. And um, for me, that often classes are often nice because it's within a box that I can work and have deadlines or have a space to that's where that's when I do this thing. And that helps me. Some people are very disciplined and can like draw on their sketchbook every day and like study and study. Yeah. So there's all sorts of ways to learn and grow outside of work even, you know? Yeah. Thanks for letting me know. I'm actually going to get started on life drawing right now. As you said that I like Googled like life drawing orange County. Oh, in LA, if you're in LA or Orange yeah. County, you have like, the hot spot. Like there's so much stuff for that here. I can tell you all sorts of places downtown, dude, right by work. Yeah. There's places that you can go to after work if you wanted. Yeah. yeah that's it's exactly a couple blocks. Uh, <laughs> it's like not professional models, but they're there. <laughs> there are naked people on the <laughs> corner. posing. <laughs> yeah. You always have some model laying around. Good old LA. Um, but yeah. So you're moving through all these studios, right? So it's a lot wow. easier if you're a single man. And making these decisions on your own. But as you start piling on family members, right, it definitely affects your decisions of where to go. Of course. In terms of stability, in terms of risk, it's always a balance. So how much of that was affecting your own personal career? Um, As far as having a family, I, you know, I I thought there was such a thing as stability at one point in video games. There we go. Until... You know, I worked at Sony for seven and a half years, and even that studio, we had big layoffs at one point. Mm-hmm. So reality is, it's it's like it's it's stable, but I mean, it's you just never know in games. Um, so for me, I've always tried to, you know, like I said, when it comes to where I work, I try and just do a really good job at what I'm asked to do, and work with people really well. And my insurance policy is basically people like working with me and I do my job well, there's probably going to always be a door somewhere that someone's willing to like hit me up for, or if I need a job, you know, someone's like, will help me out. Mm -hmm. So like, that's kind of how I've approached it. Like, like I said, at one point I thought there was that sort of thing. And now as I have a family, that's probably even more important. Um, but reality is like, it's hard to plan all that stuff. You really can't. Um, you just don't know. So I do my best at the job I'm at currently. And obviously I try to take that stuff into consideration, like stability and all those things. Like there's places like Blizzard, you think like, oh man, they'll never shut down. But even they, they're for a time were struggling a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and had, you know, layoffs and things. But um, I don't, I think the harder thing for me in games is living in LA with a family and driving. And you guys know that. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the bigger, that more than for me is more of a thing than anything is just time away from family than it is necessarily where I'm working. Um, Because people get, you know, you see it all the time. There's studios come and go, they get VC money, they get, you know, whatever, you know, these big games like Call of Duty are around. I I find that we're in the fortunate situation now that we, now that we have had, we've been working for a while, 
we have resumes, it's a little easier for us to get work if something goes south. So it's easier for me to say all this. Um, whereas like a junior guy, it's a little harder, I understand. And that's yeah. where you just have to put, you just have to be work hard, be a good employee. And I don't mean like kill yourself. What I mean is be, you know, reliable, um, someone people can go to and you get your job done, you do it well. Because those people, I'm telling you, all the people I've worked with, those guys, I'm always thinking of. Like, I'm like, man, I like that guy. Yeah. You know, if I ever need someone, I'm going to hit him up. And I do hit guys up when I meet people. And I say, hey, do you need a job? Like, what's going on? Like, how are you doing? Typically, they're working and it's never, it seems like the timing doesn't line. But I do find that since industry is small, that your best insurance policy is yourself, really. It's the people that suck to work with that have a harder time getting jobs. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I don't know if that answers that question, really, Brandon. I, you know, yeah, I mean, it, it, I do think about it a lot with yeah. families, but I don't really know other than like, you know, you go totally indie and, and fund yourself. I don't small studio, big studio. They, you just never know. Really small studios hit it big. And all of a sudden they're, they're like, you know, like all raking in money. You just, I mean, you never know with this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you so, totally pegged it for me. Like, sorry, Larry. I just want to finish this thought. Right. You pegged it for me because, uh, yeah, at the same time, you, you don't really have a sure thing, right? Unless you're making all the calls. Yeah. And even then, you're just maybe a step ahead <laughs> of someone else. <laughs> you're not, yeah, you're not really exactly. controlling the destiny of your, your own studio. But, uh, yeah, I think for, for, for us, it's mostly like time with or time away. When it comes to, yeah. especially in the LA area, even if it's oh, so yeah. concentrated, even if you live in LA, you, you were mentioning you live 10 minutes away, but it's like a 40 minute commute sometimes or something like that, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. I'm like 12 miles, I think, and <laughs> take 45 minutes you know, to get home. Sometimes yes. if the traffic's bad, it can be worse. I mean, yeah. mine's actually considered decent for how far I live. Yeah. It might be 16 miles, 12 or 16 miles. But there's guys who live closer than that to me and take an hour to get home. It just really depends. They go through like they go through like the middle of LA. I, I kind of have a good route, thankfully. Yeah. So I want to ask about office politics. Now, this is something that could potentially be juicy, but let me know what you think. As far as being small fish in a big pond or big fish in a small pond, <laughs> what's the office politics like? Do you feel like, I guess... Um, if you can give me a generalization for office politics at a big studio versus office politics at a small studio. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Big studio. You know, uh, most again, like character artists, they, they, at most studios I've been at are typically like this little knit group. Gotcha. You know, so typically most of the guys I've worked with, uh, I've got along with pretty well. Mm-hmm. And so politics consists of, mainly like you'll hear like big studio like hear rumors about things i don't know like if you're, i don't even know it's more like rumors I, my I, character teams tend to be smaller too so gossip and juiciness don't seem to be as big of a thing but you'll you know you make friends of everyone at the studio or try to and you know, you'll hear things and typically it's like from people way above you mm-hmm. um like whatever and I, I typically try to, st- I try my best to stay out of it. Everyone is guilty of getting involved with this kind of stuff. I, I really do. I've tried my best to stay out of that stuff. It's not po- totally possible all the time, but, but small studio, I think the difference really is not even like gossip. You know, I, like I said, I try to stay away from this concept of this idea of gossiping. Like it's one thing if you're trying to constructively talk about something, 
but gossip is never really a great thing. But there's a small studio. You have to deal more directly with people. Meaning, like, if there's a problem in the game, you have to deal with them. You can't pawn it off on, like, someone else or blame it on someone else. Large studios, you tend to find, like, you'll wait around for something more often. Like, a producer, well, you know, my producer didn't tell me this or that. Like, how was I supposed to know? Or um, it's much easier to coast at a big studio, if that makes sense. Um, Or a small studio, and, like, we know this, like, you only have your small team to look at the game. <laughs> and if there's a problem, I have to go talk to that person or, yeah. you know, and then if you have a personal issue or like you're driving, you have to talk to them. Like you can't avoid it. Yeah. You know, that's the difference I've found at smaller studios versus big studios. Um, at a small, big studio, the most you typically have to encounter people within your group and you, you have to deal with it then. Otherwise I guess, you know, you don't, but. I just find that small studios, it's more personal skills, actually, than big studios. Because big studios, it's more like you're a cog functioning. And as long as people have their system, and you just like, all right, I'm doing my thing, and I'll do it. And occasionally, you have the run-in, but not not quite as often, I don't find. Because yeah. typically, you have your leads and stuff taking care of certain things. I don't know. Maybe you guys' experience have been different. Okay. I, like I said, I feel like character artists have this weird world in games. <laughs> I think character in general kind of share the same universe. Like the animation team and the character team, I've always noticed are yeah. pretty tight knit and nothing really bothers them. And yeah, I've said this before, like the studio can be on, on fire, but you yeah. guys are still throwing a football around. Like I've seen that <laughs> almost, at almost every, <laughs> that's a literal, it's literal true. description. So because I think our work is more quantifiable. Mm-hmm. so it's not as stressful i mean other than you just got to get it done it's like here's concept art i have to make that character look really good yeah yeah and you hopefully you satisfy your directors yeah whereas environments and all the other dips, disciplines i feel like um aren't is direct so like mm-hmm. the the directors it's easier for them to not know like what they're thinking or feeling they might not understand the process of it as much as easy or as a character i can be like hey this is the sculpt there's yeah. no color and they go oh i get that yeah yeah, yeah. You no know, um they're a lot more straightforward you know yeah. and that's why i think character artists they're kind of like can be little prima donnas mm-hmm. because of that i think it's like they hold their special characters and and, and i i don't know it's it's you're right, though. A character group can definitely be having a good time while everything else is. <laughs> <laughs> so here's one of the things about a small studio that I'll say, as far as tight-knit groups go, I feel like in smaller studios, everybody has their opinion and everyone's opinion has a great chance of getting heard. Yeah, you know? totally. Like someone will just come up to your desk and be like, hey, I saw that you were working on this. Can you explain or tell me about it? Mm-hmm. Right? Like interdisciplinary talks happen all the time. Yep. Whereas in the bigger studios especially if they section off departments by like, this is the animation room, the design room, the engineering room, you know, you don't have those same talks and opportunities. Yeah. You got to find out what the other teams are doing at your team meeting when everyone is showing like, Hey, here's our progress. Unless you're um, good about walking around and talking to guys, Mm -hmm. you really can literally sit in your department and do your thing and not Mm -hmm. talk to anyone. As long as you have a lead that does their job. If you don't have a lead that does their job, then I guess eventually people would come knocking on your door. But um, it is it is much easier. And that's why you find at big studios, you could work somewhere for so many years and be like, I never have seen that guy. <laughs> <laughs> or you're like, I never talked to that guy before. 
I yeah. feel really bad. I remember you know, total experiences like that all the time. You're like, man, I feel bad. I've actually never talked to him <laughs> or her, whoever it is. And you're like, why? Like, there's another person. Like yeah. I could have easily talked to him in the kitchen or, but I choose to just like, you know, I guess that's how we are as people sometimes. Right. It's like, oh, it's comfortable and you don't, you know, mm. some days you're in the mood and you just chat to people, I guess. But some days you're just like, I'm comfortable. I don't really feel like talking to you. Yeah, dude, Caden, I got unrecognized so hard by one of my coworkers at Sledgehammer one time. <laughs> it was, and oh, <laughs> if you, uh, if you, episodes of the game podcast, you. you might, no, trust me, Brandon go. was right next to me. So I think like two team meetings prior to this date, they were talking about like, yo, yeah, we had some security issues. Like somebody slipped in the studio and yada, yada, yada. So be on heightened security and make sure you, you know, you don't just let people in or whatever. So Brandon and I are coming back from like, we went to Starbucks or something. or Like we're coming back into the studio and there was a guy like three feet in front of me. And I've seen him plenty of times, right? He opens the door just barely wide enough for his shoulders to get in. And he kind of does like a inverted like a sideways limbo in the door and closes it. And I was like, what the? And so I use my key card and like, bleep, bleep, and I open the door and he's like, I was like, hey, man, I was like, we work here, too. He was like, yeah, I recognize you. And like, <laughs> ran to his dad. It was so Oh, man. I was like, holy shit, man. You're the worst at playing it off. Oh, it was the funniest thing. We had oh, a moment, yeah. though, Larry. Like, I looked at Larry. Like, we know what happened. <laughs> no I, trust. I had a similar moment. This, this is the other thing, too. Like, I, I had kind of a similar moment. Not quite like that. But yeah. Um, cause early in my career, like there's so much new stuff, you know, like you're just soaking up so much. You're just pumped to be working. There's like all these people you're meeting you're trying to like, just keep up, Yeah. you know, how it is. So like, and I am already like, I've had to learn to be better about like, like some people are just good at remembering names, remembering mm-hmm. people. Like my wife's like amazing at that. You know, I'm, I have had to learn to be better at that. And so early in my career, when I look back on it, I go, wow, I don't remember a lot of people's names. I don't remember them period. Mm-hmm. And I worked with them um, because I think I was soaking in so much new stuff. And when I started at Dice, I felt really bad. So this one guy, I was, I was already like, um, you know, you're in just like the new mode. Like you're meeting people, you know, tons of people. And, and so like, that's just, I was not, th- I didn't realize I knew anyone at that studio, you know, cause most of the time, you know, like going in somewhere, you know, someone. And so this one guy comes up to me in the kitchen. He's like, Hey, Caden, welcome. And I'm like, Hey dude, thanks for having me. You know, I'm glad to be here. And I'm like, what's your name? He was like, dude, we work together. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> I felt terrible. And I literally had no idea who he was. Yeah. At the moment, I didn't because I was just embarrassed. Yeah. yeah. And then like a, a minute goes by. I'm like, oh, dude, I know you. I'm so sorry. I've just been I was like, I felt so bad. And the whole time I worked with him, I, yeah. I felt bad. I felt like I could never make that up. Yeah. <laughs> again for him like i and then it dawned on me oh yeah totally i did work with you i can't believe i forgot okay, but it was like got, one of those moments he's got facebook photos of you too like, <laughs> i was your activities. best man Caden. no i have exact same issue man i, I i'm really bad at remembering names i remember faces but really mm-hmm. bad at names like larry's yeah. the exact opposite he memorizes everybody yeah, so of course my lesson has always been just, hey, dude, 
and act as I know him. <laughs> hey, dude. Pronouns. Until, until someone new comes into the group and asks for his name. It's like, yeah, I, I knew yeah. you. Oh, you knew yeah. the whole time. Dude, just <laughs> know as many pronouns as you can, and you'll get through the day. I'm really Hey, what's bad. up, man? So, really okay, so, so this is what I'm thinking. All right, dude. Okay, cool. See you, bro. Yeah. yeah. Like, I would you work with that. people, and two that. years would pass, and I still remember their faces, but their name just takes a while that's why I, I really try now to just go with the approach of like don't be embarrassed yeah. i just go dude i'm sorry i forgot your name what is it yeah. hopefully i only do that once yeah you, know? <laughs> you asked me two and most people ago. are like oh dude yeah no worries especially early on it's when you you don't address when it way too long yeah. six months go by and you're like yeah. i still don't know that guy's name that's bad yeah that's the problem you got the problem is when you meet somebody and you're like hey i'm larry and they're like hey i'm frank and then you don't say names anymore you just yeah, like yeah, get yeah. into conversation right yeah. and then you realize like two three weeks later like is it fred is it what, what something with an f you know what i mean so like you gotta yeah. As soon as you introduce yourself to somebody, this is one of my tricks. When I say goodbye, I say goodbye, and then I say their name yeah, again. Yeah. So the I last try to thing, do that kind of stuff yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. Repeat it. All right, goodbye, Frank. Hey, see you, uh, Larry. Yes. All right, cool. Skip all that. I just Facebook. <laughs> Brandon, just says, see you, dude. See friends you, dude. of friends. Yeah, it's dude and man. Most Brandon's like, oh man, I'm looking at that company like list where all the pictures are on it, so I don't have to go ask them. The I, name I again. sleuth it, man. I I never. I'm too Red embarrassed to ask because I am that guy who where six months would pass. Yeah. It's too late. How, to I ask. wonder how long he didn't remember my name. <laughs> the first, I, you know, I I have a weird name, so it's a little harder, I think, to forget. Well, I think it was my first week at section where I was meeting everybody, and your name came up, and I remember calling you Katan for a little <laughs> while. <laughs> Because I remember the, the the oh, no. Dude, I don't know Brandon the is like the epic name mispronouncer. <laughs> the worst. It's funny that I announce everyone's name on this podcast because I'm the worst. Yeah, and then there was uh, Naveen, right? Naveen. Yeah. I was mm-hmm. calling Navin for a while. <laughs> Navin. <laughs> because there's no E at his name, right? So yeah. naturally. I guess that's true. Yeah, Navin. I can see that. Yeah, told totally. him he spelled his name wrong. Yeah, screw screw his culture and you know <laughs> how they do it. Yeah, so I'm way worse than you uh, when it comes to that. But I mean, that comes with the territory. Right? Going back yeah. to the thing, you're going to the studio, you're meeting a lot of people. I and outside yeah. of the two people that sits next to you, right? You can really go through a whole year not talking yeah. to anybody else. I mean, my team That's is good. basically the guy on my left and the guy on my right. <laughs> it's pretty. It's much- actually good advice for new people. Is like you. Like, seriously, you can't, like, I remember oftentimes, especially with engineers at studios, like, I don't, you rarely directly work with oh them. God, and, yeah. And so now and then, though, you're like, I need to go talk to this engineer about this thing. Mm-hmm. And, like, you can't be embarrassed just to ask their name. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, and, and no one cares. That's the thing. If someone mm-hmm. came up and says, dude, what's your name? That's like, I don't care. Yeah. Unless mm-hmm. I go out to lunch with them every day, then... <laughs> If Yuri says, "What's your name right now?" Dude, so it's the it's the worst. Oh well, a big studio is a very common issue. I, I'm sure lots of people can sympathize with us or empathize over the words. Yeah. So I will tell you guys my secret for why I pay so much attention to knowing names and things. As a designer, I'm one of the like I would say interdepartmental like linchpins where like I need an animation from an animator or yeah, I need yeah. engineers to hook this up or I need QA to test this or I need art to you know so I always have to be in different departments asking for shit. You know what I mean? So it's 
it's very good to have allies in all these departments that you can go to and just be like, oh, hey, Dustin, look, I have this bug. What do you think? Uh, he's like, oh, Larry, you just do this, this, this. If you don't have that rapport built up and you have like yeah. given no time of day to like trying to get to know any of these people, like well, you feel like your insurance policy yeah, for being a good exactly. employee is making personal skills with people. It's so true. Yeah. Cause you'd you be know. surprised when you leave people are like, Oh man, I like that guy. And you're like, yeah. wait, you remember me? Like, yeah. <laughs> and it's because you like took a moment to like know their name or it's, it's you know, very just, important. Yeah, it really is. Cause there's a lot of people that you work with and you're like, wait, who's that guy? And then you, and you know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm serious though. Like in, in all seriousness, like, yeah. you know, like working somewhere is so important to not, to learn to talk to people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And be proactive. <laughs> You spend so much time with your coworkers. It's almost like you spend almost as much time with your family, right? Yeah. yeah. During more, the week. More, during the week. Yeah. yeah depending on week. depending on where you are in your project, you might spend more time with your coworkers than your family. And so you can't be that person who's just not interested in learning names, not even trying, or just not very social. It's just going to be hard. Yeah. It, yeah, it's true. Yeah, it definitely true. needs to try harder. <laughs> I've been getting by with "Hey man" for a while now. Well, the thing is, I'm I teach. Test you. I'm gonna <laughs> test you at work, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make up scenarios where I'm like, <laughs> "Dudes!" It's like Brandon, I need you to give this to McGregor. Uh, he's like, oh, yeah. "I'm just gonna throw it into the air until someone catches." I just yell out their name. See, I, I teach on the side, right? So every 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 quarter, there's a new class of students. Mm-hmm. And me being so bad with names, it's like, like I would be at their uh, portfolio show, right? I've been teaching oh, this kid yeah. for like the last. Oh yeah, year. you really do need to improve. Yeah, I really do need to improve. And I was like, man, I appreciate. I remember the person. I remember yeah. their work, but the names, I just don't. Sounds get. like you just need to be more active about calling them their names. I need all to the just time. say it all the time. Yeah. Where do you teach? I teach at one of the art institutes in Hollywood. So. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Sorry, That's kids. Cool. <laughs> Don't Sorry. <hear> names. <laughs> yeah. If any of Brandon's yeah. students oh, yeah. are listening, which classes? Which class are those? <laughs> All of them. So <laughs> I treat them fairly, at least. Yeah. Discriminate equal. Like, I don't need to know your names. I just need to know how good your art is. Yeah. You're the F student. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, well, we're talking about big studios and small studios, and we're talking about forgetting people's names. Um. What was the craziest transition for you? Like you were talking about starting at a smaller place. What, what was your experience like when you finally went to a bigger place? How was that? Uh, my transition, the hardest things. Uh, honestly, I, I think the hardest thing early on wasn't even so much the size of the studio. I, didn't, I don't think I really even thought about that. I think it was just trying to make sure I did a good job. I was like so concerned. I mean, if you aren't, I think I'm always concerned with that. But I was really concerned when I started because you're just like <laughs> everyone's better than me. <laughs> I mean, you always naturally kind of feel like you got to, you know, I, I, I would always like to think people starting anywhere should have that feeling somewhat. You know, there's some aspect of their job they probably feel like they're worried about. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but especially, man, when I first started um, and then every studio next I went to, I was, o- I was always concerned about that. I remember like my first job, I, I was did fine. And then my buddy recommended me to Luxoflux and he's like, dude, I think you do a good job. Like, hey, let me put a word in for you. And he did. And like, I got the job and and I still worried about it. And they hired me, you know, and it's like, I hope I can do a good job. And he's like, dude, you can do this. Like, don't worry about it. And I did it, you know? And then, 
Um, and, and same, I went to Spider-Man and I was just like worried about doing a good job. It's just like the, that's why I feel like always my constant theme is I have to remind myself like, all right, I can do this, you know? Um, and it's being comfortable through that, like grind a little bit of, I know I'm going to feel uncomfortable. That's okay. Just like keep going forward, ask for help when I need it and try and grow. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if there was like a weird transition anywhere other than like, I, I think when I went to Sony, I definitely of all the studios was in, I was like in like, I don't know, not euphoria or anything. I, I, was, I was just crazy. I remember walking in there and, and the big Sony symbol, old Sony Santa Monica, cause they're the new studio now. Um, so the old one was a lot more intimate and, and not small, but smaller. It had a lot of character and there's this cool Sony like emblem you grow up seeing. Mm-hmm. And for me, I was always a big Sony guy. I, I love the PlayStation and a lot of Sony IPs. That for me was like, I don't know. I, that was really cool. I'll, I'll probably never forget that. I was really proud to work there mm-hmm. more so than anywhere because I just looked up to it so much, you know. Yeah. Um, and so in that case, I was just like, I can't believe they I got a job here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like more than anywhere else, I think. Outside of maybe my first video game job where I'm like, you are paying me to do this? Like what? <laughs> Like that was one moment of like, I can't believe I'm getting paid more than working at Starbucks to make video games. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Man, Actually, that... I got a freelance gig before my first job. And that was, that's kind of a funny story. Mm-hmm. Oh, hit it. You know, cause they, they called me, they called me up and you know, I think it's making like seven twenty five an hour or something like that. At Starbucks. And, um, Jesus. Uh, you know, <laughs> that was fine. You know, it's, it's cool. I was right at Starbucks. I didn't mind. It's a great job. Actually. I, yeah. I have no complaints of working there. Um, I actually recommend it to college students because they have like full-time benefits for like t- part-time people, yeah. you know, crazy stuff like that. It's a good job. Anyways, out of nowhere, because of my internship, uh, the studio is at, I got a call from actually Sony and they said, Hey, I heard you're looking for work. Would you do some freelance for me, for us? And you know, I'm trying to play it cool. Never really dealt with this before <laughs> ever. You know, I'm like, wait, who is this? You know, I, <laughs> like I knew they were going to call, you know, but, and she was like, um, how, you know, how's $30 an hour? And I was just like, oh. you know, and I, I playing it cool for myself. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I, I think I could work with that. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like inside, I was like, I, I hung up and I told my, my shift supervisor, cause it was like a two month contract or something freelance, yeah. you know, I wasn't moving yeah. anywhere. It's just, they needed me to make some art for a couple months. And I was like, what? I'm like, sayonara, guys. Find someone to cover my shifts. <laughs> Seriously. And my, my, they all looked at me like, you're doing what? Like, what are you even talking about? This is in Colorado. You know, they're like, is Kane even serious about this video game stuff? Like, we're here. We need someone here for the morning shift. What is he? What is he? What, you know? <laughs> so they let me do it. I did that. And then I came back to work. And I, I think at the time, I remember talking to some of my friends back then. They're like, I just didn't know what you're talking about and didn't think you're that serious. And then you actually got a job in California. I was like, Oh, this is actually a thing. But I, I was never forget trying to play it cool when they offered me like more than $7 an hour to make art. Like, yeah, I, guess. I mean, that was pretty nice. So uh, quick question for you. And this isn't about age or anything, but at that time, how did they find out about your art skills from being Starbucks barista to getting in? Yeah. So that was fully recommendation. Gotcha. So where I was an intern at, one of the animators um, moved on to Sony San Diego, I think, okay. online. I think that's where he was. And they were working on um, Neopets, The Darkest Fairy. Oh, man. 
And um, my sister's going crazy right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they're working on Neo. <laughs> and so he, they needed art, just like props and things. And and he said, hey, yeah. I, he, you know, again, this comes back to people liking you. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And For so sure, he's man. like, hey, you know, I know this kid. He could use some work. Why don't you hit him up? He's good. And so they did. I didn't know if they looked at my work. I think they just gave me a chance. Like they're like, "Hey, he recommended you. You can make some art for us. Cool. Mm, Sign a contract yeah. here. We'll pay that's, you. Let's do this." And that's that was my first paid gig. Yeah, I, I still love that about the game industry. If you got the chops, you got the job, right? Like yeah. it's no paper, totally. no MBA, no yeah, BFA, yeah. I, just... I didn't go to school for this. Yeah. It's at crazy. all, which isn't standard, I guess, for I maybe mean, it's not something you guys didn't know or people listening, but I, I, cause I was in Colorado and I was at intro that studio. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I was just taking like basic classes for college. Mm-hmm. Cause I knew anywhere I'd go, I need that. And when I got that internship through my brother knew a guy at the studio, I just called him and was like, Hey, you know, cause I messed around with 3d in like high school and, you know, mm-hmm. made some stuff. And I was just like, hey, I really want to do this. Could I come in? And he's like, sure, come in at night. I'll teach you stuff. And I'm like, awesome. So I just showed up. And I started taking my computer in there. Actually, that's kind of a funny story, actually. Um, because I wanted to be there when the employees were there and not just at night when the owner was hanging out, mm-hmm. I decided to carry my own computer in. So I, I just would carry – I'd unhook my desktop at home. I left the monitor there. So I mm-hmm. take unhook all my stuff put it in my truck, drive to school, then drive to my internship, pull, carry in my desktop computer in there, hook it all up so I could be there when all of them were there because they didn't have an extra computer for me. Yeah. And I'd do my thing there, and then I would take it with me home. And I, I took my desktop computer everywhere I went, which is a funny story. <laughs> you know, How long did that work? It's like, like a year and a half, like a year, year and a half. A year wow, and a half, just carrying that thing. Before you discovered laptops. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was my computer. That was all I yeah, had. I didn't have money for a laptop or anything fancy. It was like our home computer. My, it was my parents' computer. It's not like yeah. if it wasn't at the house, they couldn't use it. Yeah. yeah. Thankfully, they were cool and let me take it. Dude, but yeah, I, so anyways, um, through meeting some of those guys, they were like, yeah, you don't necessarily need like a degree per se. It's your portfolio. Mm-hmm. So I just went to community college at that point and got my associate's degree just to finish something. And then that was all I ever got. Nice. And everything else was just, like I said, taking classes on the side and learning at work. And let me ask you this now, right? Like with that attitude of I'm going to teach myself or I'm going to fill in the gaps. How do you feel now about educational opportunities, right? Like you can say, I want to learn something, go to YouTube and just boom. Yeah. You know, like this, there's no excuse for people who are interested in developing skill sets today. Completely. No, I mean, it's one thing to get a job, but to learn, there's like endless stuff. Um, especially online. So if I had the resources now online, you know, I, I don't know, like a few things, like when I look back, like one, I definitely had a passion and I nonstop would work on it when I had time. Mm -hmm. Um, so I definitely had that going for most successful people. I find that they are kind of, they have some sort of drive to them when they do it on their own. They aren't just like handed anything. I mean, you do get your chances, right? And we all do, but they typically are pretty motivated. Um, and also there's typically a few key people where they just give you little nuggets of information and keep you moving that I look back on. Uh, but a big part I think of it was just, I just, I just really like doing it. I, I don't know. I, I like making characters. I would, I would look up information on the forums, 
Um, and now you can take all sorts of classes. You don't even have to go to like an art institute or anything. You really can like take, like I often recommend, go to your local school, take art classes that you can get your hands on, just take them, and then go take, you know, tr- basically like a trade class online. You know, like yeah. I, I, I taught for a long time how to make characters. If you took my class, you literally would know how to make a character for video games. Hell yes. Now, now you just got to, now you, you really just got to become a better artist, which is a whole nother thing that you constantly grow at. Yeah. But the technical side, there's all sorts of information. There's like no reason you can't know how to technically do something in the game at this point, other than just, you know, put the hours in and grow as an artist, which is, that's probably the hardest part, I think. But what's interesting is in my character class, I find that most people, they like the early stages of just like sculpting and having fun. But then once they have to get to the technical stuff, they fall apart, which is, mm. which uh, probably show like goes to show in games. You really have to be technically and artistic at the same time, more than a lot of industries, super technical, but super art as well, Yeah, which is really hard. What's the most difficult part about being a character artist in 2016? Um, probably a couple things one is tons of people that want to do it so there's no shortage of competition which can which can feel um overwhelming sometimes for people because they always feel like they have to keep up um and the other thing is just uh i don't know i'd say the fidelity is getting pretty crazy on some of the console stuff which i don't care for I feel like it's becoming more technical than it is on some of these high-end games than anything. It's more like film, which like boring, I think. Yeah. Um, unless you're like directing the game, which then at that point is cool. But like if you're making characters for a triple a game and they look real, it it's satisfying to a point. But I don't feel like part of what I enjoy about making characters is not just the technical side, which I do like, but it's the artistic side. And that's why I like God of War so much. Yeah is that I feel like we combined both really well in that game, which was we try to make really good looking characters and push that side of it, but also it was super technical. Like, yeah. and it still looked really good, but it wasn't like photo scan, all the photo scan stuff. Now I just don't care for it all. Yeah. I, I feel like we're kind of getting away from artists getting to use their imagination. Yeah. You know? I'm hoping and, we, it swings back a little. Yeah. It, I hope so too. I mean, with overwatch doing so well, you can see people like, that stuff doesn't have to be real to be fun. And yeah. I know, that, and there's always trends, you know, especially when new techniques come on, like people get really excited about them and photo scanning is the hot stuff right now, which directors really get excited about because yeah. someone does some demo for them and they can't help but love it. And they don't realize <laughs> what I goes think, into that. I think it's the producers who love it. They're like, Oh man, look at how much time we can save. <laughs> But it's so expensive and boring. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, they think like that, right? But like with the extra time they they create, they they're spending more time to make more characters, to make more environment that are photorealistic. <laughs> you guys from Call of Duty, it's like the epitome <laughs> of constant volume for a game. Yes. So we can definitely comment on this, right? The technical aspect of how realism <laughs> yeah. is changing. Yeah, being an artist, part of the fun of being a game artist is just having creative freedom to to make yeah. things. And there, there's always going to be a balance, sure, right? Like certain things in environment, I wouldn't care to model. I don't care. <laughs> just yeah. photo scan that. That's fine. 
But when it comes to piecing up a whole environment that's all photo scanned, then I'm just there as like you're a I camera. Guess, yeah, I mean, I guess the character environment guys are kind of going through this. And on yeah. the other side, the animators are like, what's new? <laughs> it's like they've mm. been through this. <laughs> They're just more motion mo- capture. Yeah, the mocap stuff. It's been Very happening. Very similar to motion capture. Yeah. yeah. And they've out- been out crying for the last five years, but no one has been listening. So now that's happening to the other artists. We're like, what is going on? This is, in a- yeah. this is crazy. I mean, this is madness. I understand it. I get it. I get it. Too. But, you know, I, there's it's, it's this place. It's it, It's improving. It'll get better, and then people who want to use it can just like motion capture. Once they we know how to use it right, yeah, it really kind of depends. an awkward spot right now. Yeah, it really depends on the type of games. Really, if you're going for photorealism type of games, then that's just a bullet yeah. you got to swallow. So, yeah. if you want more creative freedom, you just got to work on games like Overwatch. I mean, it's still yeah. creator's choice, so it's not all yeah. photorealism at this point. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. It, yeah. I think we'll always have those non-photoreal games that always exist just like films yeah yeah different types well uh so let's kind of go over like the the numbers a bit so you mentioned small and big can you kind of give us a like a a ballpark of what the small studios are to the really big studios numbers wise yeah just to give the audience well for me small is different than like some guys you know, like Naveen and Glenn. I mean, small <laughs> for me is like the 30 people or so we work with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, even though we have more people in the studio than that because of the concept art and stuff. But yeah. Um, so this is the smallest I've ever done. The biggest. And I haven't even done huge. Even Sony is like 150 people. Right. Maybe 200 at our worst case. So which is not like compared to Call of Duties and some other studios like a Blizzard where there's like thousands you know, like you go to Riot, it's like a small camp. It's like a campus. Um, that's very big. That's a very so. I've now saying this, like I've never been in, insanely huge. Treyarch probably felt the biggest because it was more corporate building structure, meaning like there's offices everywhere. Um, I don't know how many people were on the Spider-Man team. It was probably pretty big. You know, I kind of stuck to my group, um, but Sony was very open floor. And so you always saw everyone. So it never felt as big as it probably was, which was nice. Um, so I, I mean, I don't know. And then Dice, we're like 70. Mm. Dice LA. Mm. It's not huge. So maybe it's more than that. I'm not sure. I think it was around something like that, um, all the devs there. So I guess that's true. I don't work massive. Sony and Trek were probably the biggest. I mean, for Call of Duty, you, you guys hit big numbers. Yeah, but, I think we were almost 200, and now it's probably standard 300 plus. Yeah, I think like most Call of Duty teams are around 300. Yeah, so I think... Plus all the other studios helping them. <laughs> My favorite teams that I've worked on have been at most like 70 people, I think. Yeah, I think that's a good number. Anything I think there's some that? number around, it's something like... They say you can remember up to like a hundred people, and after that, it starts to dwindle. I forget the number is, but I think it's something around that. Yeah, like seven hundred. I think the sub on sub hundred, you you can manage mentally, and it doesn't feel that big. You know, that's probably why. Yeah. So, like for us, our work, I I, I recognize everybody. You know, know most people's names, and because it's under you know like seventy people. I know five people's names. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> artist and Larry. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. It, it's it's definitely a difference. I mean, you yeah. you are forced to do cross disciplinary talks, right? You're discussing yeah. the games in smaller teams. And you are really stuck in a bubble when you're in the bigger teams. And I don't know. You really actually, I, I actually feel like on a small teams. I mean, there's a lot to be learned on the big teams, but if in terms of making the actual game itself, you learn a lot more on a small team. Yeah. Um, on a big team, you learn to just really refine a specific skill, which has a lot of value. You know, it's just different. You have a lot more time. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm also like, I, I find on our small teams, you have to know how to manage your time better. I find because it's like you, they don't. We don't necessarily have even when I was at Dicers like this. You don't. Since it's smaller, you kind of have to be pro, more proactive about how you and be strong about why it takes you this long to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, or is it big studio? It's a little different. Typically, you know, you are the, either are told what the schedule is and you just deal with it, or you have time and you make your stuff. You mm-hmm. know, whereas yeah. the small studio is not the case so much. Yeah, everything's a lot of a lot more faster pace. At the same yeah. time, the turnaround is probably a little faster at a smaller studio. Yeah, our turnaround is much faster. Like we, the character guys work on characters. I mean, even environments like if you, all the art really. Um, like characters, for example, they get like two weeks to make a character. After not concept, but like they get the concept, and they have two weeks to make it start to finish. Um, whereas at Sony, minimum it was like, I mean, four weeks would have been fast mm-hmm. for us. That's like I made a civilian and I took four weeks. Yeah. Uh, most probably on average six weeks up to eight. Yeah. And somewhere longer, like the, the, the Titan stuff you'd work on like all year. Yeah. Or more. And I'm sure now it's even worse. Like seeing the game now, you've seen it. Like I'm sure See those characters. Yeah. You have like so many people working on characters, you know, they take a lot of time. So you'll yeah. come out of those games. Like I remember this feeling a couple of times on both games where I, I was like, no. I look at my characters. I'm like, wait, where, where are all of them? Like, it's been three years. Like, <laughs> I know I have more, right? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, really, is this all I ever made? You know? Which, so what was good about that is I, I learned very specific skills, like, in how to, like, you know, bony landmarks of the face and how fat sits on the face differently on a heavy person and person who works out. And how wrinkles form over different, like, skin types. But I'd only work on so many characters. Whereas now, on small games, what I like is we turn it. But it, this in my career I like because I'm so used to that side. Yeah. Now our turnaround so much faster. It's more about decision-making than it is necessarily about the nitty-gritty, which has a massive value in learning how to make choices and being, like, more bold about them. Um, which everyone has to learn to do is like have their own voice. And the only way to do that sometimes is to do a lot of something, you know, like either draw a lot and you make a lot of mistakes and eventually you find yourself and you grow. Whereas when you work on a big game, you might make only so many mistakes over a couple of years and you only grew so much, mm-hmm. you know, or a small game. Like we make mistakes all the time and you have to own them up and then keep going, you know? Who so knows? I like that about it. You know, like the character guys, they make tons of characters and I, you know, we get them done, but like they learn, they look back on their stuff and they're like, man, I learned this for that. But I know they crave probably the like stuff I would do on God of War, which was like, you know, 
a lot of details and 10 months you know. on a bicep. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> True. But it is, so it's like yeah, it's different things. Yeah. things, you know, I just, uh, biggest thing I think I try to remind myself is wherever I'm at, like I try to learn what I can and don't try to get into the trap of, of, uh, I wish I was learning this thing specifically, or it's better over there. You know, it's like your career, there's always gonna, the games are going to be around and it's not going to be my last chance to make something. And I try to just grow where I am. I'm, I am. And then put myself in places where I want to grow, you know, um, and don't try to do everything tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Basically. Cause I mean, now that if I take a step back, I've worked in games for like 12 years. I mean, there's a lot of learning that happens in 12 years. You don't have to learn yeah. everything. Like, you know, there's that like story. I, it's probably, I don't know if it's made up or not. It's probably made up, but I forget who it is. It's like Rembrandt or some, you know, Picasso, mm-hmm. like someone on the streets, like, Hey, can you draw a portrait of me? And they, he does, you know, and it's like, she's like, wow, you did that. You know, that was like, what did she say? It's like, you did it so easy or so fast. Yeah. It's like, oh, it took 10 minutes. Yeah. No. And he's like, no, that like took 20 years. Yeah. And I try to remind myself of that. Like, I don't need to beat myself up right now. I just need to keep putting myself in places to learn and grow. And you, you do, you know? Amen, Caden. Definitely. All good tips. <laughs> all good advice. <laughs> Seriously, like, I, yeah. No, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say a stupid joke. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, at least you know it's stupid. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, okay, now I have one last question for you. I always like asking this question to people, especially seasoned uh, veterans such as yourself. What else do you have to look forward to in your career as a game developer? Where is your like untackled plateau that you have yet to reach, or what's the pinnacle that you're still aiming for? Hmm. I don't know, honestly. I um I think for me it's if I really take set because you always go, man, I miss those times. Mm-hmm. You know, you say stuff like that. And like I think for me, I try to just really be on projects where I like the people and I'm excited about what we're making. And really I can't ask for much more than that. Mm-hmm. Because there's so many projects that can be boring or you aren't happy on mm-hmm. that. If I can be on a project where like, I'm just passionate about it and I like the people I'm working with, like, Hey, that's awesome. You know, mm-hmm. there's always somewhere to, to learn there. I mean, like I could say something like I want to make my own game, but I don't know if I should wish myself that or not. You know, there's a lot that comes with that stuff. Um, so for me, it's like, Making games with like friends and people I like hanging out with, I, you know, like when I look back on the times I liked it, it was always like, I really liked working with these people and we were, we enjoyed what we were working on. Yeah. And that was awesome. You know, like mm-hmm. you can always be like, man, it'd be so great to make my own decisions about this whole game or, you know, write the script to this story. Um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it'd be nice to like direct maybe something for beginning to end. Like I have ideas that mm-hmm. I think would be cool, mm-hmm. but I don't, you know, I would like to do that at some point, I guess, but I don't know. Not sure. Well, that's the beauty of the position that you're in. My friend is that you don't have to know right now. 
Yeah. I mean, I would say before, like I worked at Sony and stuff, I, there would have been certain things I'd want to do, you know, like this is coming from me or I worked on a game like that, where to me, that was like a huge thing. Like I was saying earlier. So after going through that, uh, you know, after that, I'm like, you know, more than anything, I kind of just feel like the people I work with and working on a product I'm into is really important and more so probably just who I work with in the day to day enjoyment of it is probably even the most important. And then I also, the big part for me is always that I'm growing in something. I don't ever want to work where I don't feel like I'm learning. So other than and at that point, you just, you'll be replaced even at some point, you know, I, you see that a lot where guys are just, they, I don't know, they get in positions where like they're comfortable and the studio's going, but at some point they have massive layoffs and then like, where's your value? Mm -hmm. So I always try to be in a position where I'm learning and I like the people I work with. And hopefully I also really like the projects and cause every project's going to have its ups and downs otherwise, you know, and at some point I hope, and then the last thing is just like, uh, you know, I hope that I like am a good influence on people I work with and, and we make a, a better game for it. Well, I can say a hundred percent positively that <laughs> two out of three likes you in this room. <laughs> <laughs> so so nice. far so good my friend good. Yeah. two out of three ain't bad is what I, is what the song says <laughs> so it's either me you Katen, or me larry <laughs> and Katen's still finding himself <laughs> or me and larry <laughs> or me and larry yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, <clears throat> Katen, it has been one hour of podcasting with you my good friend and at this time, this is when Brandon and I take a back seat and we let you have the stage where you get to talk to the audience directly and shout out, promote, or draw attention to something that you're really excited about. So without further ado, the audience is yours. Okay. Um, I don't have a lot, I guess. I, I mean, I can shout out my the thing that I wish me and my buddies updated more, and that was our, our form of education, which is monstermentor.com. So if you check out Monster Mentor. It was a grand plan to make videos for those interested in games. We have been much slower at it than we thought. So check that out if you have any interest. Um, we have a few things up there right now, which is pretty cool. Otherwise, no, I don't have a lot of shout-out other than my wife, of course. A lot of what I do is because she supports me. That is true, actually. That's not just, uh, you know. <laughs> my wife <laughs> likes me sometimes, too. <laughs> no. A lot, a lot of what I do is because she always encourages me, and That's I, probably, I would probably wouldn't try sometimes without her. So uh -huh. that's probably yeah, she's definitely my biggest support base. That means she's standing right next <laughs> to me. Outside, right over right on the couch. She's over on the couch, laughing slash crying at the same time. She's right there. <laughs> good cover. She's good in, cover. <laughs> I mean, it's true though. It's true. He's, he's I remember. Gonna, uh, like even when they like I went to do art direct in our studio, she's like the one who's telling me I can do it. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. She's like, you got this, go for it. Or even teaching. I remember when I first started teaching, I was like, I don't know if I'm qualified for teaching. He's like, Oh, you can do this. What are you talking about? And I'm like, All right, I'm gonna do it. And I did it, you know. Mm -hmm. If she didn't tell me to do it, I don't I mean, I don't know if I would have done it. So much of me doing stuff now at this point in my career is for her encouraging me. I will say this, Caden, Brandon. You guys listen? Yeah. I'm Larry Charles. Thank you very much for listening to the Game Dev Unchained podcast. Good night. This is Good Brandon Fan. Please 
Join us next week. Thank you so much. Good night. If you enjoyed this podcast and you want to stay in touch or continue to follow our developments, then you need to go to facebook.com forward slash game dev unchained and drop a like and stay in touch. You can also get the direct feed for this podcast on soundcloud.com forward slash game dev unchained.